Jay-Z, Justin Timberlake Holy Grail You'd still Off that album, download that app This is what it is You'll see me, you thought somebody was gonna beat me to all of this It doesn't happen You mad, stay mad You cursed the day Me, I'm the king of this DJ thing right here some people are afraid to be the best. Not TC and J. Jake, how's your Tuesday? It's good. It's good. I think we've talked about that before. That, or maybe I had it backwards before. I don't know. Am I too loud? Uh, no. Okay, my waveform is crazy high. Energy's still usually pretty good on well, Tuesday. That's a separate. Th- that's a separate question. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, it's usually like the when we're when we're rolling into Thursday, like I've I've sort of noticed that Wednesday night I tend to have the feeling of accomplishment, like the week has been completed, and then I'm like, ah, oh, we got another little mini week inside this week. Um, mini week. Yeah, basically, I'm splitting them into two: a three day week and a two day week. Sometimes it'd be like that, TC. Uh, I have some breaking news for you. I think you'll enjoy this. Okay. Uh, Andrea Lucia of CBS 11 tweets about less than an hour ago, breaking Shelley Luther, Dallas hair salon owner who opened in violation of the governor's executive order is sentenced to seven days in jail for criminal contempt (laughs) and fined 7K. (laughs) I mean, she's been asking for it, right? Yeah, but I kind of feel like she was like, uh, well, that's two questions. So I do think she was asking for it. I don't know that she ever really thought they'd make her go to jail. And I can tell you, um, I'm going to profile her. And based on what I feel like the creature comforts of her life are like, uh, by about day 1.5, she's going to tremendously, tremendously regret this ballsy play. Yeah, I mean, on the Jail one hand, fucking blows. Uh, you could probably do a week most places, right? Could I? Maybe. Do I think she can? No. Well, I mean, she's gonna. Like, what's gonna happen? No. She's gonna die? No, I just think she's gonna be going through some mental anguish that she right now only has the concept of. And it, I think, typically is a lot tougher than whatever you've conceptualized in your mind before you're in there and that will that won't hit on the first day but by the end of day two she's going to be crying nonstop, and she's going to be in a place of misery that i'm just betting she's never really been in before well you know you don't know the hard knock life of a hair salon owner <laughs> i guess that's true maybe she's She's actually really prepared for this, and she's like uh, Piper. Wasn't that her name? Yes. <laughs> Who somehow quickly acclimated to life inside. I mean, that was about a real person who had that happen. You know, may- maybe she was, uh, you know, overrating her own, uh, you know. Uh, Street smarts. Yeah, but it's probably not like a crazy untrue and yeah, I don't know. You know, I know if I had the choice of a men's prison or women's prison, I know which one I'd choose. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess you're implying you'd rather be in men's prison, right? Nope. Ladies, Women's, huh? Ladies got it easy, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. That. I mean, we watched some different shit. I think they have a like a higher per- now maybe the sort of violence because they're not, you know, they're ultimately weak. But I think they have like more per capita scuffles. Which, which gender is prone to violence? Like, uh, d- d- don't worry, friends. We've already an- asked and answered this question. I know. I'm. I'm saying. I think I've seen statistics on both sexual and physical abuse in women's prisons. There's a higher incidence than in males. I don't know. Skeptical. I'm, I'm, uh, that that's a claim that uh, goes against my uh, observations of the natural world enough that I'm not going to leave it at. I think I saw an article once. Uh, yeah, I I'm mean, I need guess, to talk to the the guy who ran the study. But I think part of the problem is just reading is, it in the journal won't be enough for me. Oh, you you might even need to do a little time inside. <laughs> yeah, a little uh, little, uh, little embedded reporting. I Although think obviously deal, I'm talking about if I was in a women's prison, I would be a woman. Like you just right, like, yeah, like, I mean, you know, man, a woman's prison. That that's obviously a different experience. You just want to be clear king. about what we're talking about. Yeah, you run that shit. Yeah, they uh, they, like, they they uh, crave your authority. It says here one two thousand nine study. <laughs> I was just gonna keep going. Uh, that seventy percent. Okay, this is more about. Um, yeah, this is no surprise, but that seventy percent of incarcerated women. Uh, experienced some sort of physical violence by a parental figure. Yeah, well, that's and a different time thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm positive for that one, too. I'm just looking for some of these, like, because I think, man, I don't really know the right way to say this, but I think, like, your, like, your concept of, like, yes, you're right, the male species, more violent. But, like, I almost feel like there's, more nonviolent criminals in male jail than there are in female. I don't think that's true. Like, you know, there's just not a lot of, like, female drug dealers. I mean, and, like, there's all the, of them that are in prison. No, but I think I don't think ladies are going to prison for, like, a lot of other stuff. Oh, man, I don't know. Like, I think uh, spousal stealing. abuse, ch- child abuse. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think stealing, which is not always a violent crime, for sure. But I just remember thinking of the girls who wouldn't sit down and be quiet so that we could leave the lunchroom, but then like a whole lunchroom full of them. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they're in prison. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, there's no good guess, options on the table. The, the other side is, uh, you know, the, the, the dudes like uh, yeah. you know, more, more men raped in America than women. Just because of the prison population. So even with the uh, female prison population, plus the entire rest of society uh, doesn't add up to the number of male-on-male rapes occurring in in American prisons. So Do you you think they properly report? Well, I mean, I guess it's tough to trust the reporting either way. But, like, if a woman gets, like, cornered in the shower and someone, like, makes out with her and, like, rubs her down, that's... That's sexual assault, but I don't think if that happened to a dude, he would say like, "Oh, I was raped." You know what I mean? Like, I, I have a very specific idea of what male rape is. Sounds like if P one wants to kiss you, you're all for it, <laughs> right? Yeah, and it won't even be in the stats. Yeah, 
this Mother Jones article says the way that jails assess women, this is four places that male female jail is worse. Um, that one's not that compelling. Jailed women are more likely to be mentally ill and to experience sexual abuse. Um, some jails fail to meet women's reproductive health needs. That's a fucking big one, right? Sure. That there's just a much higher need of maintenance. Yeah, and I like uh, from from my I am not basing this on my uh, rehab experience because in the rehab experience where you were reasonably uh, guarded from uh, any kind of physical violence, uh, no question you would you would want to uh, be with the men. You you it's the sort of right. dynamic that uh, emerges uh, watching a bachelor season versus a bachelorette season. Women are just much more petty. Yeah. They are focused on small things. They turn all of them into big things. Everything that someone says that's like a critical thing, you're like, how in the fuck is this a problem? How are we even talking about this? Let alone this being like what's ruining your day. Like this just does not matter. And I'm sure that that's what women's prisons are 100% of the time. I'm just uh, really banking on, you know. Not getting beat up. Yeah, or getting beat up less frequently. Like, you know, it's jail. You're going to get beat up some, but... The last thing is probably the porn stash element, right? Where I, I would bet they still have mostly male guards and, like, the staff on inmate violence is probably a lot higher. I would I would think that in regular jail where it's kind of like, yeah, yeah I don't... Prison guards don't are probably going to beat your ass either way. You think that happens in male jail a lot? <laughs> the prison like, guard beats the beats up the inmate? Yes. Like not like when you're doing a forced evac from the shoe. That obviously looks pretty bad, but just like I kind of got the feeling from uh the ethnography Oz that certain inmates just like did not get fucked with. Like male inmates. That and might I mean, be possible, but I I I don't I I'm pretty sure I'm not that and I don't really think you're that either. Well, <laughs> that's probably a good point. <laughs> That's probably a good point. But it's funny this woman is going to jail is the upshot of it. And I hope she does a jailhouse interview with local news. And I hope they go back two days after the first one (laughs) just to kind of check the temp to see how things are going on day four as opposed to day two. Yeah, you do it uh, like five minutes after she gets in there. Right, uh, she's just gusto. You might have some strong, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Let me check back a few days later and she shaved her own head. (laughs) Time (laughs) changes you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And like, do you, I don't know what it's like where she's going to serve the time, but like, I'm not sure I've ever seen anybody who looks like they would have a worse time than me. She looks like she would have, she might have a very bad time. Yeah. I always wonder, I mean, I, I don't think that that whole thing is necessarily a big enough story that everyone inside has heard about it. But it would—that's probably true. It would be nice. I—I I don't know. It, it kind of depends on the person, you know. Wh- whoever the uh, the top bitch is in that uh, that that particular unit is probably going to kind of dictate these terms of uh, whether or not it's like, oh, you know, that's interesting. You know, yeah, you're kind of a mini celebrity because you know you got got an interesting story versus like. It's important to maintain social distancing, so we're going to fucking make your life hell for a week. I remember kind of thinking the same thing when, I think it might have been Corby talking about Weinstein going to prison. And, like, he wasn't necessarily a flat-out, you know, like, pedo. I think some of the women were underage at the time, but, like, he was more of a general rapist. 
Mm -hmm. And so I think like Corby, at least the way that I remember this, and maybe that's totally wrong, but it was a funny concept to me. Like he had really inflated the cultural penetration of a producer to the type of person who's in jail for the rest of their like fucking John Leguizamo is more popular in prison than Harvey Weinstein. You know, they're not like scrolling the credits at the end of films to see like whose studio put this movie out. Like, you you know what I mean? Like, I the, to be like, I'm, I'm the Pulp Fiction guy. That's all I would say. I like, wouldn't even say were the word you Jules? Were you uh, who were you? Like, what, what, I'm what, the guy what that made it happen. I have known? That's yeah, all you need like, to know, son. I met I all know. of them. I met all of them. But yeah, it is. It's just, I don't know. I, I think the Harvey Weinstein story in particular made me think, yeah, the people, the people really think that the people in middle America know who produces movies. Like, I mean, if you know a producer, you probably know him. But what about like, is that, is Michael Bay more of a director? Yeah, of course. And Bruckheimer? Uh, Brockheimer's a good one. I don't know exactly what his role is. I feel like he's usually a producer. Okay. I might be wrong Yeah, I just don't that. know. I just don't think that a lot of people have, have a clue who that guy is. Because, I mean, you know, for a long time it was Miramax, and most people know what Miramax is. Or, like, you know, if you said, like, I'm, I was the head of Miramax, I was the founder of Miramax, I think that people would kind of be like, oh, fuck, Miramax. And uh, but then you know once once he split from them, uh, like you know that after that it was the Weinstein Company that uh, was you know showing it was in the the you know screen before the title or whatever. So that's got his name in it. That one's. I think he's gonna be fine. Yeah, <laughs> this is a really weird Twitter development that I want to tell you in real time. Uh, somebody just replied to a tweet that apparently has Corby and I on it. And it says, you're a fucking pussy for mocking him. Karma is a bitch. You fuck, you'll get it. Oh, and I'm no. like, what? What did I say <laughs> here? Who's it about? So I opened up the reply. And if you go back to uh, May 3rd, 2018, which was probably during, uh, you know, a playoff run of the Philadelphia 76ers, Corby tweeted, Dario Saric is a weirdo Eastern block at not Jack Kemp. And then there's just a photo of Super Dario. And this Super man waited Dario. two years and two days to say, you're a f this person who has four tweets in Southampton, England, has decided one of them is to circle back to something from two years ago regarding NBA 3 and D mid-level player Dario Saric. <laughs> That's uh, that's not something I would do, but you know, uh, this is only their fourth tweet, so maybe they haven't learned the ropes yet. <laughs> that's probably true. Probably a new account, so didn't have a chance to, uh, you know, give you what they thought about Dario back then. But now here we are. I got some time in this quarantine. <laughs> maybe you could come over and kiss my ass, Randy in Grand Prairie. While How's we're your, talking uh, about uh, quarantine and, you know, this yeah, woman yeah. violating social distancing orders and everything, uh, I'm not a narc, and so this brings me no great pleasure, I, 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 but, you know, I just uh, feel duty-bound to inform you, I just don't think Alex Bannister is taking this seriously. Oh, no, is she not? Maybe. <laughs> Every single one of her Instagram stories is uh, her remembering back to good times whenever she was drinking with like 
20 other chicks in the backyard pool, but I don't think so. <laughs> it, so is she showing, like, I, I guess in the fic- pictures I've seen, it's just been her. Um, like, uh, her. the picture she posts, you know, like the, uh, um, you know, uh, what was the, the one with her in the, uh, the cowboy boots and the cowboy hat? Looking yeah, I can, so hot. I know. Let you me go to my it. camera roll real quick. I had some of these saved and cropped. Uh, those are are you know whatever. Um, but all the ones you know, I mean, certainly I click on her stories. Keep keep well abreast of that. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, um, there's plenty going on. Although, Don't you feel like this one of laying tonight. in a field in a little bikini would like you'd be itchy as fuck? I don't know. I, I mean, fucking hate itching, man. Like, I feel like this is Chiggers Central. Like, the, your whole legs. I mean, you're just laying in a field. <laughs> Here's one from uh, three days ago where it's... Uh, the. I assume she's the one behind the camera because it doesn't. it's not her in the photo, but it's uh, a woman in a bikini drinking alcohol out of a, a wiffle ball bat and then... Uh, you know, doing the the whiff ball bat around on your head thing after. Never really played that game because um, right after being itchy, being dizzy. Yeah, uh, I kind of. I, mean, like I don't even being dizzy. I'll, I'll I'll go around, especially now that I have a child. We'll uh, we'll we'll do this. Where is Ugh. this that she is now? I'm. <laughs> I've I've found some of her older ones. Okay, this is seven weeks ago. All right, never mind. I guess she was allowed to be in a fucking packed bar then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, this is seven weeks ago, isn't it? Okay, yeah, now I'm looking at it. Uh, this is the podcast now where we simply look back at <laughs> Alex Bannister's that stories and react to them. Um, I'm yeah. just I'm, I, like, I, you know, I, I go on Instagram. I look at people's stories and they all, you know, primarily are people talking about what they're doing to work from home. And then Alex Bannister is doing fucking shots with like seven people in her backyard is what I see every time. And, uh, you know, I, I know that you're a guy who uh, I don't know that everyone would be interested in that story. If I went up to my mom and I was like, hey, Alex Bannister has been, uh, you know, breaking social distancing rules, kind of think that you would, uh, you know, uh, not have too much time for that story. But you, you, I thought might want to know. Yeah, and I look. I mean, perhaps there's a chance I could, I could intervene and save her. But I don't know if that ship is is still at, at port. It might have sailed on me. What are you, uh, what are you tracking on this Venezuela scene? Uh, what about Venezuela? Is what I'm asking. Uh, so that there was there, like some green berets that tried to overthrow the government, but like didn't. Yeah. Like, I think they're, uh, are they Green Berets? I just know that they're, like, mercenaries, like, now, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it seems like people who, uh, I mean, I, I, I haven't looked into it at all, so, uh, you know, I'm, 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 it, we're, we're just going off my prejudices, but I just assume it's all the people who email us, what about Venezuela, uh, who said, you know, I'm going to do something about Venezuela, and then uh, found out, you know, they didn't. I mean, the whole thing, like, I, you know, it's, it's it's it just seems like the the worst uh instincts of of us and our people to be like you know think that they know what's best for there and then uh you know dive in and figure that they could just do it 
Like I couldn't. Well, it's kind I couldn't of pull off a car in the country I'm from. Like, and I know that country pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Going to another country for a coup—that seems like a level of difficulty I'm not ready for. But have you tried your? And just work with me here. What do you know about what's going on in Macau? <laughs> uh, it seems to be a largely prosperous, uh, you know. Okay. Because, you know, I was just thinking if things pop off, that would kind of fit the American profile of we find a guy who vaguely knows or has some connection to this country and we let him take care of it. But I don't know. So, yeah, I guess the deal is that there, this this mercenary group that attempted this coup Sunday night that among the 13 people that were arrested by Venezuela, two of them are Americans, and one of them used to work, uh, or at least used to appear in photographs uh, at Trump rallies, like with the president. Oh, like, that's a yeah easy uh, easy guess there. I think in, in one of the pictures, the guy posted not the, a fan of the Biden supporters, but even they have limits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That they don't work for most of them don't work for Silver Corp. Yeah. The Silver Corp, and it's extremely 2020, although this is from 2018's uh, story, that now our fucking mercenaries feel like they have to engage in social media like they're Whataburger. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Felix from uh, Chapo had a, had like a picture of these dudes. Uh, like it, it was it was from something called like the Burger Project or something like that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like is the the restaurant where they were, and like you know it was just a bunch of dude like, and they they were all like wearing the same thing, like that they had uh you know like they like had a, a group dress code of like all right white dress shirt tie, and it just looks so fucking dumb. <laughs> well, like, but it's seriously, it's like I halfway expect one of these to be like uh, Silver Corp AMA later, fam. Yeah, <laughs> because like this one is just an Instagram post of them at a rally that says protecting our greatest assets. Like, why in the fuck? Like, Blackwater would never, right? Blackwater on TikTok. Yes. <laughs> no. No fucking way. And speaking of that, when you, you were out, I'm uh, sending you this tweet. Okay. It's. it's <laughs> I'll, I'll read it. It says it's really funny that there are fail mercenaries. You'd figure you'd want to avoid posting pictures of your operators online before they're deployed, but these guys need to get DMs from horny Tampa realtors. Opsec be damned. <laughs> hey, cost benefit, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's a. Uh, it's called Burger Theory. <laughs> <laughs> it's the name of the restaurant. Yeah, where they are, where they're posting their picture, like me and the boys getting ready to roll out. <laughs> <laughs> okay but i'm interested though in burger theory <laughs> yeah not a lot of theories that i just i uh, hate every fucking thing named theory you know uh like orange theory fitness orange. obviously being the top one but any kind of like theory or pro trying to put like a, a science thing behind it you know like I, I have no idea. I'm sure the people at the Texas Ale Project are, are are fine folks, but like that's a dumb fucking name. All these names that are like, you know, like uh, the, the 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 quesadilla formulation. You know, it's dumb names. What was the one that we used to hit up pretty often on Miller? That was on Miller, or the, are you but it was a, talking about the quesadilla place? Yeah, that's just quesadillas. And it was just with a dash y a y a uh, s. Yes, that fucking might be genius. Quesadillas. It's a great place. <laughs> Not there anymore, but uh, you know I miss it. No, R I P. 
Just to be um, like, what if we were like a pizza restaurant, but instead of pizza, we serve quesadillas? Great idea. Yeah, it was a great idea. They had one called the Cajun with andouille sausage, and it was fucking delicious. And I, that might have been a league leader on my list of places where my order was going to be for part of it for tomorrow and literally never was. Yeah. Like, not fucking once. But yes, I'm, I think I'm with you. The, the, the pizza theorem, that would be, uh, Dude, but I'm looking at pictures of these dudes getting popped in Venezuela, and being a captured mercenary looks like it fucking sucks, even worse than going to jail for opening your salon up for seven days. Oh, yeah, not really. A <laughs> it looks really, really uncomfortable. Yes. Um, damn, that's crazy. Like, I guess I just kind of saw this story and didn't really read too much about it. Now I'm looking at videos of it, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's no fun. Um, another story that comes to us from Twitter that I think is hilarious that I only kind of read the article. Did you read about the guy who like, uh, at the end of, I think at the end of March, uh, tweeted to Trump, uh, the guy, he had like 75 followers an engineer in Silicon Valley and tweeted to Trump that he could get the administration ICU ventilators and then tagged it like have someone call me urgent and ended up with like a several million dollar contract from New York for ventilators that he never ever supplied. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> I just don't believe it. Uh, $48,000 per ventilator. He struck the deal, triple the standard retail price of high end models. New York state paid him $69.1 million. And he's just like, I don't have any fucking ventilators. Oh, I just replied to the president. But I thought we were uh, the king of ventilators. I was told that by a, a high up source. Did he actually say that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had a tweet <laughs> and he had capitalized king of ventilators. <laughs> like he wasn't even really talking about ventilators. I think he was saying like testing will be fine or something like that. But he's like, you know, they used to say that we wouldn't have enough ventilators. Now we're the king of ventilators. I literally can't think of anything that I would rather be the king of less <laughs> ventilators. It really doesn't have a luxury feel to it. Yeah. Like over here, we've got the king of the sea, you know, king of the castle, uh, even the burger king, <laughs> but king of ventilators. Yeah. There's not a lot of sizzle to that. I'm the king of the sea. You are. I've so, seen, I've seen you do it. I, uh, I went ahead and, um, Uber drivers now do uh, qualify for unemployment. You're familiar with this? You've seen these news stories? Boom, Kev. Yeah, so uh, whenever, whenever you know, I, I did lose income as a result of it no longer being safe and advisable to uh, to drive. Also, no one wants to go anywhere. So even whenever I was trying to drive, it was tough out there. Um, and the government, you know, doesn't want me to stop spending money because then, uh, you know, it'd be bad for lots of people. Wells Fargo wouldn't like it if I quit paying my mortgage. Although, uh, you know, I have quit paying my mortgage. Um, like, oh, okay. Hold up on that. Are they going to fucking do the three months at the end or not? Uh, I think you got to call them because okay. it's, it's unclear. It says, uh, like, the, the packet of information I was given, because, yeah, for, for people who don't know, um, you, you are, like, you know, I think that it's pretty much all banks, but yeah. my, my mortgage is through Wells Fargo. I, like, filled out a form saying, like, uh, you know, just give me three months, like, 
we'll, we'll see where all this is when it settles down. And they sent me a pack of inf- information, and it said, you know, sometimes it'll get tacked back onto the end of the mortgage, which is certainly what I want. It'll mean it means I'll pay more interest. But I, I looked at it, and I think it's like, uh, you know, that I'll 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 pay like I'll I'll not be making six thousand dollars worth of payments. So today, right now, I guess now you now know what my mortgage is. Um, I'll I'll miss six thousand dollars worth of payments. And in in exchange, like I'll have a hundred extra dollars in interest this year and every year I carry carry the the mortgage for. But you know, it's it's a while before it catches up to six thousand. And at that point, probably we won't be in a pandemic. Hopefully, I'll be making more money than I am now. And, and I uh, think you could probably even get in front of that, right? Like you could probably pay extra. Yeah, in if you wanted to pay it back, yeah, uh, you, could, you right. absolutely could. Quick, quickly, uh, as opposed to, and I saw some guy. Some Italian guy went viral, and I'm sure you saw it too. But it was the same thing I thought whenever Kristen was telling me about it. And I'm, she's like, "Well, the way that this initial one says is that you know it's just going to be a three month lump sum because like when you log onto your bank account, it asks you if you want to do it. We didn't ask, and we're like, "Well, fuck, I don't know. I mean, that seems fine. Like, just put some money back right now, whatever." Then I'm like, "How the fuck do they all?" How the fuck do you think people who haven't been working for three months are suddenly going to be able to pay you a three-month lump sum of their mortgage? Like, (laughs) that seems like the most predatory shit of all time. And a lot of people probably didn't really ask. Like, hey, so how's this exact... (laughs) It'll be fine. You're just going to pay us three months at once. Whoa, (laughs) why why wouldn't I just pay you monthly right now unless you think that my earnings are somehow going to be... Uh, increased by 300% over the next quarter. <laughs> I mean, I guess the, the best thing that I would uh, would throw out as like a possible justification is that like any kicking of the can down the road that you can do now, uh, you know, for a lot of people, you, you do want to do. Uh, so, you know, th- that you just say like, I'll worry about that in three months. And like whatever it gets here, I would be very surprised if the banks were like, just fucking like real i mean you know they're banks they're gonna bank um but uh yeah yeah that 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 would seem odd and out of step with the way most of this has been handled by most of the parties so you know uh i we we have a close friend who uh had a bank foreclose on his house and in very similar circumstances (laughs) so i'm not gonna put it past them i've seen them do it um but uh you know uh i i I would think that at this point if you can delay payments and like figure like fuck i'll worry about it later um it's it's an appetizing option for a lot of people but uh i i applied for the unemployment and um last week got my first uh installment of it and buddy let me tell you this is the dream You're going to erase years of good work that we've done here publicly. No, and this, people this like, is what the left is all, no. has been all building towards. I'm you, doing like, it When we finally. tell people, no, you would still go to work. No, because you still want to contribute and there's a value in work and you feel like you're, you're doing your part and you're earning your money. No, I just want to do this. <laughs> God damn it. Hey, you're gonna seriously, you're gonna undo every bit of positive nudging towards your causes you've done here. I got the check, and uh, you know, um, I, I then deposited it in my bank account, which already had some money in it. So, who's to say what any of the money went towards specifically? <laughs> but uh, tell me if this isn't the, 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 the socialist paradise. 
I use my government money to buy a new bong, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I really think you need to consider whether or not you want to publish this or not. (laughs) I don't care about the election results. I feel like Bernie won just by this, you know, like what, what was the mission about? If not this. Yeah, but I mean, is it because, okay, is it because it's unemployment plus the disaster relief, like, percentage? Yeah, so uh, it's actually super fucked because uh, they, I I think, I don't know, I haven't gotten, like, W, I haven't had W-2 employment in a long time. Uh, The ticket was the last, like, regular, you know, normal functioning job I had. Um, the, the rest of it's all been like various other stuff. So I, I think that if you have W2 unemployment, that the, the state would know about that and be able to pull that in pretty easy. I don't. Uh, so they go based off of last year's taxes. Now you may be saying to yourself, but TC, because of the pandemic, last year's taxes aren't due until like June. And I would say, you're right. So they looked back in, uh, at last year's taxes that I haven't filed yet and were like, we're searing here that you made zero dollars, so how much do we need to pay you to make that up? Um, so I get the, the minimum from Texas, and I, I think that I only get the minimum because of like the, like I think that it, it, absent pandemic times, that they would look at my whole deal, and I mean I wouldn't qualify anyways because I'm an Uber driver, I don't have like a, a regular traditional job, you know, um, that I can lose, but uh they they so they just give me the minimum from Texas, which is like two hundred seven dollars. But then I get six hundred dollars a week on top of that, and like what I'm looking to replace from the Uber is is five hundred dollars. Like I I I aim to make five hundred dollars a week on Uber. Once I've made five hundred dollars, I go home and I fucking you know jerk off for a while. Uh, so for a while, yeah, just over and over, dude. It builds <laughs> up. I mean, a lot of driving, um, just, you know, stress, tension. And yeah. uh, so people calling their abusers from your phone. <laughs> yeah, dude. What? what uh, you get a couple Nothing of those. Nothing will get you horny like that. And she's kind of hot, you know. So <laughs> I don't remember that detail the first time around. Well, I mean, not like super hot, but like if if you're the kind of girl that's calling your guy and like being like, I'm done with you because I saw that you follow a girl on Instagram, like. You know, yeah, no you could do or... that if you're ugly, but it's not going to work out for you a lot of times. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's no I way to live that... either way. I should have put that together. I mean, you know, wasn't a 10. I, I if, if it were me, I'd be like if, if she was calling me, I'd be like, yeah, you, I don't think that those are the terms, <laughs> but uh, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I, I you know, I, I'm looking to replace $500 a week and the state's looking back at me like, would 800 do it? <laughs> and, uh, the answer is yes. And I, I do want to clarify, like, I, I, I enjoy making jokes about this and every day I wake up and be like, what am I going to do today? Oh yeah, that's right. Nothing. Cause the government pays me money. Uh, I enjoy it, but, um, it, 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 it honestly is good policy, dude. Like you just need like, uh, people spending money, you know, um, like the, the various business, the various restaurants that are having a real hard time staying afloat unless we all drastically change the amount that we order takeout. Um, you know, if, if I were in regular circumstances, I'd be like, I can't fucking afford takeout right now, but, uh, now it's takeout city. So, I mean, you know, how else I'm going to be able to really enjoy this new bong. So, uh, 
Plus, you can keep Dragon's Breath or Puffin' Stuff or wherever you were, <laughs> wherever you uh, patronized in business, too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the, the economy is just people spending money. Uh, and if people don't have money or, like, you know, feel like that they're, that they have uncertainty about it, that there's a shock to them. Then, uh, then they're not going to, uh, to to spend it, even if they do have it. But like right now, I'm in a situation. And I, I think this runs out in like June or something, and then you know it's it's back to the drawing board. Um, but uh, ha- having this time where it, just this is a good way to solve the economic crisis that we're currently under, and obviously it's not going to be fully solved until um, you know the, the pandemic is over. But if if you're thinking about uh, you know just ways that that we can alleviate this crisis as much as it can possibly be alleviated putting a lot of money in people's hands so that they're able to spend it um is, is just you know it's, it's going to prevent other job losses because you know the, the, those businesses are going to have more customers than they would have had if uh if if i was just like well i lost my job so i can't do anything now and i do want to say that this point was uh was made on the weeds but uh i think that it should be amplified the fact that they just added on the $600 to all unemployment benefits. Like people have repeated a lot, but like it's a huge fucking deal. I honestly think it might be like the most left wing policy we've employed in like many, many years. Like this isn't actually like we went from being one of the worst countries in terms of unemployment to like by doing this, like now one of the best right now, you know I mean? Like, and it's going to run out. And like, I don't think that we've had a, a sudden change of heart in uh, whether or not people in regular times who don't work uh, deserve anything. Pretty sure they still think that, uh, that we don't. Um, but uh, you know, this is a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a large deal. And I, I, I think I would prefer I think that, like, I just like the fairness, and and you know, um, it's probably a lot less red tape. There's certainly a good amount of red tape. Like, I'm gonna have to figure out this fucking taxes thing and sort all that shit out. Um, but uh, you know, I, so I I would say just do what Canada's doing and like send the two thousand dollar checks to every household every month. Um, but but this, if if you're not gonna do that, this is really a pretty good. Like I, 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 I'll just lay my cards to the table. I didn't think the Trump administration would ever approve something that like made this much sense. Was this effective at solving the problem that like actually helped real people in the way that this does? And so I, I think it's great, and uh, I, I would like to applaud them. Yeah, I mean, so does the does the two hundred run out in July or just the six hundred? You'll still get the two hundred, right? I'm not sure. Uh, I think that's how that works. I think that has that can go six months, maybe. Um, yeah, but, but I mean, I there's some kind sure. of time limit on it, and I, I think that they would be wise to waive those things until the pandemic. Because the second that there's a lot of people that want to go to the airport, I'll go back to Uber. It's not like I have a problem with Uber driving. Like jokes no. aside, you know about uh, how great it is to suckle off this government teat. Um, <laughs> Uber driving is not a big imposition. I'm, you know. I'm fine with doing that amount of work to, uh, you know, make my living. It's it's not a big deal. So when I can, so, I will. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably what most people would would say. I think you know we're not on a Thursday here, but it probably needed to be something that affected uh, not a disproportionate number of people who are of a certain demographic um, to be something that is widely supported, right? Yeah. I mean, once, you know, a lot of normal 
public policy is at least perceived to disproportionately affect people who are minority uh, demographics. So obviously that I think this proves has been at least part of the impediment to getting it passed. But if, uh, you know, everybody in every county is being well, not every, but you know what I mean. Um, then, yeah, it's when we're like, talking about the kind of I'll, unemployment numbers I'll we're talking about now, you're going to know someone who's affected. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you'll know many, many people, and they'll probably be a lot more similar to you than other people that were kind of an abstraction to you uh, in the previous, um, you know, debate surrounding that. But no, I mean that's cool. I don't. I haven't filed my 2019 either. So, and I'm I'm not filing for unemployment. Um, you know, uh, well, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I don't want to say. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, I wonder, yeah, I wonder how long they'll, ex- they'd be willing to extend that 600, but I guess doing it even for the amount of time that they are now is pretty I mean, sweet. Lindsey Graham, uh, had a quote of like over his dead body, would he allow an extension of it? But you know, I, I think he said that about other stuff and then they've done it anyways. I saw someone say like, see that and be like, uh, to, it's a tough trade, but we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say it, um, but I've, I'm glad you found a way by saying I saw someone else say, uh, say <laughs> That's true. Than, than me saying what might have been the first thing I came to, to my mind. Yeah. Um, I have some brief uh, updated statistics for you on male and female prison violence. Okay. It looks like you are correct. Um. And the incidence of violence in this study was 91% of the men, uh, like let's call that 100, female 91%. So it's close to the same amount of violence, although a little bit less. Interestingly enough, though. But with the ladies, um, they'd probably just be tickling each other. In the, you know? <laughs> okay, well, it's funny you say that because uh, some of these numbers, like for example, um, for women – 1.8% of violence involving women compared to 5% of violence involving men involve the use of a sharp or pointed weapon. So you might think, you know, with them being in the kitchen all the time, they would... <laughs> they would I find that <laughs> offensive. But no, in fact, actually, they're uh, almost or they're a third of the rate for women. Uh, and then here's the one that really probably sticks out which is uh, most of the conduct involving violence in women's prison does not result in, like, major injury. Okay. So that's, that's just, good. like you said, that is just tickling. Yeah, there you go. But for they men, it's like 6%. tickling each other back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I just wanted to follow up with you on that. So hit me with a book. So I read a book. It's a popular book, or at least it was popular at the time it was released. I don't know if most people our age have read it, but I really think they should. It's called A Season on the Brink. It's about Bob Knight's uh, 85-86 year with the uh, Indiana Hoosiers. John Feinstein of the Washington Post was embedded with the team. Uh, you can tell based upon the book that he was... There was no thing that he wasn't allowed to see. Uh, every single person involved in the organization pretty obviously uh, talked to him very candidly. And, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, it's the kind of thing that just doesn't happen very much, which is probably why it's still so famous, or at least it is in my mind. Anytime I hear people talk about sports books, I, f- I feel like they put a season on the brink as one of the top sports books. 
and uh, my grandparents had a copy, and I, I took a bunch of their books whenever they uh, whenever they passed, and uh, so I've just been having having it sitting around, and um, you know, figured, and really, I, I read half of it like probably two or three years ago, and then uh, picked it up and finished it now, and I have no idea how I went a couple years without finishing it just because it's every time I read it it's so gripping and, and amazing and it's 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 just great it's it's an absolutely exceptional book um, but it, you got to remember that uh, this book was published in the fall of 1986 and then Bob Knight was fired 14 years later so I'm <laughs> going to tell you a list of things that Bob Knight did in a book that everyone read and uh, then the school is just like, eh, well, whatever, fuck it. Uh, maybe we'll do something about it in 14 years. And uh, that I also watched the uh, the, the documentary uh, Last Days of Night, the uh, 30 mm-hmm. for 30, about the uh, the end of his uh, his time in Indiana. Um, for anyone who doesn't recall that in uh, great detail, he uh, he choked a player, and it's a little like like his his hands are on his neck for like two seconds or something, you know, it's not like an honest effort to, uh, uh, breathe the life out of this kid or anything like that. Not to make excuses for him. I wouldn't do it. I don't think it's okay. I would have fired him for it. Uh, but he, uh, you know, the, the player made the allegation of like, Hey, the coach choked me. Um, and then, uh, to like a a CNN reporter. And then, uh, the school was like, absolutely not. Never anything like that in the history of ever. Like, just total bullshit. Absolutely fabricated. And then the reporter who had done the initial thing uh, had a uh, VHS tape show up in his mailbox. There was a video of that practice where Knight choked him. <laughs> and so, That's you know, awesome. at that point, it's, jeez, uh, <laughs> this is causing us a lot of heat. And I think that he, like, you know, he was very close with, uh, the administration at this time, like uh, it, there's just a lot of people who are really excited that Indiana basketball was winning at the pace that they were winning at. He won three titles in the, uh, in the time that he was uh, coach of the Hoosiers. And uh, so they, uh, uh, you know, were, were all right with it to paraphrase a uh, Ben Muth tweet. I always enjoy, uh, you know, the investigation found that uh, he had choked a student and also had won three national titles. And some of those things mattered more than the other things. <laughs> That's how it was uh, before that. Uh, but but once he choked the kid and lied about it and it kind of had an administration that was not as excited about him, um, then he got fired and ended up at Texas Tech. So uh, these are all things that happened 14 years before that. You tell me if they sound good to you. They're describing here. I've, I've, uh, I'm, I'm just going to read from the book. They're describing here a situation where um, Bob Knight, as a coaching tool, will occasionally be like, "All right, I'm going to play point guard for this practice. Show y'all boys how to do it." Uh, and just saying that there was a general tradition of uh, not guarding him close during that and explaining why. On Knight's first play, uh, Dockich, that's Dan Dockich, point guard, Indiana. Dockich stole the ball from him clean. Son of a bitch, Knight said, and threw the ball at Dockich, catching him square on the nose. Dockich shook that off and went back into his stance. Knight made another move. Dockich went for the ball again. He got it again, only this time he fouled Knight, slapping his wrist. Wham. Dockich's face collided with the basketball again. Don't you ever fucking foul me, the coach screamed. Dockich was dizzy by now, half wanting to fight Knight, half wanting to cry. Instead, he kept playing and learned his lesson the hard way. Uh, so twice he threw a basketball at a kid. 
<laughs> in his fucking face. I think it's bad enough that you're like inserting yourself into practice and saying, don't foul me. Like, yeah. and don't even kind of imply to don't even guard me. Like, what the, what's the point of that? Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, there's a lot of things that he does I wouldn't do. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, this is not a uh, objectionable story. This is just kind of a funny little tale I wanted to give you. Uh, this is whenever they're going to a, an away game at Wisconsin. It's an early morning game. Everyone was still a little bleary-eyed as the bus rolled towards the ancient Wisconsin field house. When the bus reached the back parking lot, the driver found his pathway into it blocked. On one side of the entrance sat a car. On the other side was a roadblock. There was a man in the car. Can't park here, the man told the bus driver. This is the Indiana team, the driver told him. Doesn't matter. Can't park here. Knight, who had been half listening to the conversation, jumped up at this remark. Listen, do you want to have a game here today or not, he said. The security man, who clearly had no clue, simply repeated his line about the bus not being able to park. What the hell is wrong with you, Knight said, beginning to get angry. Don't you understand we're playing in this goddamn game? I don't care. I can't move the barrier. By now, Everin was half standing in his seat. Knight was off the bus. Well, if you can't move the barrier, I sure can. He picked up the barrier and threw it out of the way. <laughs> the security guard glared at him, but there was still not enough room for the bus to pass. The bus driver got off the bus. Mr. Security was on his car radio asking for either instruction or reinforcement. Look, pal, the driver said, you better move your car before he moves it for you. The guard glanced at night. Okay, I'll move, but this isn't supposed to happen. <laughs> like, he cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I feel like Knight's making some great points there. Like, uh, just as someone who has run into that sort of security guard a lot of times in my life and hates him every time, I just like any time where, like, like this, there's no way he's going to win. Like, <laughs> when, how do you think this ends, pal? Like, he, the night's serious. They're not going to play a game unless the team gets off the bus. <laughs> um, yeah. I love his propensity for throwing things. Like, oh, yeah. This is not and, just uh, the, the season before the was the chair. Okay. Just to, to, to put the, uh, the picture in the frame here. Um, uh, here's, here's one of uh, there's a, a player who uh, was, was supposed to be out for, like, uh, I think, like, a minimum of 10 days and, like, played 11 days after that injury and uh, played well. So uh, they, they won the game. <laughs> so Knight says, I'm proud of all of you. Daryl, you couldn't have done that a year ago. I guess you stitched up that vaginal orifice, huh? <laughs> okay. Okay. It's still not a choking, but... Yeah, no, I don't even know if I have a problem. Like, uh, I, I think that uh, plenty of coaches probably say something oh, yeah. to that effect, right? Yeah, but they were all Bobby Knight cover bands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like Dan saying something like that is uh, within the realm of yeah. possibility. Um, yeah. But uh, so the uh, the first game of Big Ten play for Indiana that season, and this is the, uh, the final thing that I will highlight as uh, something that Bob Knight said in a book that was published 14 years before he was fired. <laughs> uh, so this is, uh, uh, he's, they, they lost the uh, Michigan game. They got some really bad calls. He got a technical in that one. And uh, uh, he's thinking about it afterwards. Knight rambled. He questioned his handling of the Michigan game, wondering if it had been his fault that London Bradley, the referee, had not only given him a technical, but had made the horrid goaltending call against Harris. I did everything but call the guy an N, Knight said. 
people are human. If I were a referee, I would tell a guy, I'm not going to call a technical. I'm just going to throw your ass out. Now, throughout the rest of the book, and like just the fact he's a basketball coach, should tell you, like, Knight has for the time fairly progressive views on racial relations uh like there's there's a whole thing of like uh isaiah thomas was uh nominated to have like a, one of the local indiana towns i think it was fort wayne but it could have been another one um was uh you know giving out their uh, their man of the year and they wanted to give it to isaiah thomas and he was going to be the first african-american ever to receive that award so it which like you know in itself it tells you all you need to know about the fort wayne athletic club or whatever that they waited until 1981 to think that there was ever a time that a, a black person could be their man of the year um and like knight went with him and like the the one of the like first speakers was like cracking racial jokes and knight was like super fucking pissed about it you know um so i i think that uh you know it's it's not like he's uh whatever but just Today, if that said today, I think it's clear, like every single person on the team, their parents would be in the newspaper being like, my coach, my kid can't play for a coach like this. Yeah. Uh, the fact that Mike Leach got uh, that sort of treatment for a joke about a noose that involved two white people should tell you that, that him saying it even offhand as an example of a bad thing to call someone, that uh, that, that, that would not fly, right? Did you think Leach, I mean, obviously, I know, uh, growing up here, I guess not the South, but Texas, but, I mean, I guess he has spent a lot of time in Texas. I just, I don't, I don't know. He wasn't in the wrong, dude. There's nothing well, fucking wrong with that. I think you got to probably know where that you're coaching in Mississippi. There's been a ton of, um, <clears throat> a ton of racial violence and probably All right, well, the then, most then, then he won't make a joke about racial violence because he fucking didn't. Yeah, but I mean, if you are coaching a team of guys who probably had grandparents or great grandparents who were hung, like I guess I'm just saying I'm glad they didn't fire him. Like I don't I know, do. uh, a lot of people are the victims of gun violence. If he tweeted a joke that like uh, had a gun in it, would it then be like, ah, oh, you're just bringing up too many memories? Or I think do people it's a talk about guns specific. all the time. I think when you're talking about hangings and maybe even lynching laws, as you were talking about a couple weeks ago with KG that it does seem like it's a little more one community than another as it relates to guns. I just think that the upshot of it is if it's a noose and a, a person involved in the story, one was black, one was white. Totally with you. Got to get yeah. him like, you know, that, that point, whatever. But like, it's a, but not like one, it's obviously intended as a joke, you know, like, like it's, I don't know. I to extrapolate from that, that like he's racially insensitive, like race is nowhere in there. No, no, I know. It's just the symbol. But um, I, I, the upshot of it for me is if they were to sell tickets to the, uh, to the cultural history and awareness tour that they said they're going to make Mike Leach go on, I'd buy one. <laughs> God, what would you give to go with him? On all <laughs> they're going to make they're they're going to make him go to a bunch of museums and like uh, I don't know, like plantations and stuff. And it's like I just I just want to spend a day with Mike Leach doing anything, but him on a forced history lesson as he's kind of like you know bitching and moaning about being there and kind of like oh I guess it's kind of interesting. Like I don't know, just he's, he has such a teenage affect sometimes that. Yeah, I'd go. Oh, yeah, I would love to. Uh, I don't have this one cut out because this was in uh, the, the first time I was reading the book. Um, 
and so it was a while ago. But uh, there was one anecdote they relayed, and I might even mention this on the podcast whenever I read it, where uh, they're talking about like a night um, having like a powwow with a referee about, you know, like, I don't know, something about like how to call this game or like how to handle the start time or something like that. Uh, then at the end of relaying the entire exchange was like, uh, oh, and by the way, Knight was nude this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> like he had just taken his pregame shower at the at the field house and, uh, you know, hadn't had a chance to uh, to properly dry off. So he's like, ah, well, whatever. Fuck it. Uh, you know, it's sports. What was the one? Yeah, what was the one? Like, wasn't he yelling at him while he was taking a shit at half one time? Uh, yeah, that, he, like, uh, I, I don't know if he was naked for that as well, or if that's the same story or not. He took a shit, like, uh, yeah. wiped, pulled his underwear half up, and then walked out and was like, this is you guys right now. And, and threw, uh, threw some shitty toilet paper at him? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> that's awesome. That's him. <laughs> oh. All right, well. That's all I got for today, TC. Cool, man. We'll talk to you on Thursday. All right. We'll see you. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.